Canada Day is just around the corner. It's a celebration of the beginning of our nation. Barbecues, parties, fireworks, all part of the tradition. But in light of the discovery of 215 bodies at a residential school in Kamloops, and now more in Saskatchewan, for some people, there's nothing to be proud of or to celebrate. The hashtag Cancel Canada Day has been picking up steam. Several communities are scrubbing their plans for July 1st. Should the holiday be canceled? Hello and welcome to the Unpublished Cafe. I'm Ed Hand. We're coming to you from a remote location and practicing physical, physical distancing to enhance safety. Victoria, Penticton, and Port Hardy, BC have pulled the plug for this year. Kelowna and Belleville, Ontario have also pressed pause. Several communities in New Brunswick are now backing off plans for July 1st. Our unpublished.vote question asks, do you feel that Canada Day celebrations should be canceled in light of the discoveries in Kamloops and Saskatchewan? Yes, no, or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. The residential school system in Canada is one of the dark moments in our history. Between the government and predominantly the Catholic Church, the aim was assimilation. While tragic and deplorable, many countries have an inconvenient past. Does this mean you can't celebrate the positive despite the negative? Marcus G is a columnist with the Globe and Mail and he feels it should not be canceled. And he joins us now. And Marcus, do you feel the celebration should, be go should go on despite these grim discoveries? Why is that? Well, look, this is obviously a somber moment, uh, especially with this most recent discovery. And I completely understand why people are feeling uh, it's, it's there's something wrong about celebrating uh, at that time. And remember, a lot of our uh, celebrations are pretty muted anyway, given uh, ongoing uh, lockdowns and, and, and limits and so on. But canceling it all together, I think, is a mistake. I think there's much to celebrate and honor in our history, uh, which has proud moments as well as, as shameful ones. And we've we've learned more recently about some of the shameful ones. And I think we do need to do everything we can to atone and to mark mark those days. We have Indigenous Peoples Day is is one moment. Uh, I'm sure there'll be many others in which we think very hard about these crimes of our past. But, you know, this is uh, July 1st is Canada's birthday. Every country takes a moment to celebrate itself and and talk about the glories of its past, which, which are still in our case many, and the potential of its future. And to kind of rally together as a country and to celebrate what we've achieved in Canada it's, is, despite these revelations, is still a much admired country for, for, for many, many good reasons. You know, our, it seems our world is more polarized. You know, there's very little nuance. Do you think maybe that's what's driving this Cancel Canada Day, um, the Cancel Canada Day movement? There's no time for reflection? Yes, I do think so. It's either sort of black or white. You're either a a good country or sort of an evil country. Of course, every country has has both uh, in its character and, and its past. Uh, there, there's no country in the world without blemish. Many have much worse episodes in their past than than we do. It's like it's like a person. A person has proud moments uh, that, that you think back on, and and also probably moments that 
you're not proud of. And, and, and that's that's the same for, for a country. I think you have to mark both. I think you have to uh, take time to, to look back on the sins of the past. And no country can forget its past or try to whitewash its past. But I think I do think to have any confidence in your future and to build something better, you have to believe you have some goodness in you, some potential. And Canada has a has a whole lot of both of those. Uh, Canadians are, are known uh, around the world for being kind and, and generous. And, and how do you think uh, that the, the recent discovery is going to play out internationally? I mean, I, I think Canada does have a sterling reputation. I think mostly it's deserved. Um, and I think it, it still will be looked on favorably by, by most of the world. I, I do think this is a, these were shocking discoveries. And I think uh, perhaps most of the world isn't really very aware of a residential school chapter. And they're learning about that and, and thinking about it. But as I say, every country that... Um, has been colonized, has these episodes from, you know, from uh, Australia to uh, the United States to, to all over the world um, and is struggling now uh, with, with kind of a historical reckoning for those, for those crimes, which is, which is all to the good. But I don't think we should throw out um, what is good or, or just, or just say it's a, you know, we're, we're, our past is just sort of an endless black blackness, which it certainly wasn't. Is this a sign of a country growing up? We are a fairly young nation. Yeah, we're, we're not that young. Um, 1867, that's a, that's a good long time. A lot of European countries were, even European countries were founded uh, as full-fledged uh, nations after us. We have quite a long history and and, and in many ways, a proud one. I mean, as I mentioned in that uh, column, uh, you know, this we had many, many barriers to nationhood uh, to begin with our our climate and our our our, uh, our tough environment. Our the fact that we live next door to uh, a behemoth, but uh, managed to to forge nevertheless uh, an independent democratic nation that is despite all its blemishes is still admired for its tolerance and, um, and its compassion. So I, I, I think, I think we have to cherish the country a little bit in Canada days, the, the one, one day of 365, when we, we do count our blessings and there are many to count. Marcus, thanks for joining us. My pleasure. Marcus Gee is a columnist with the Globe and Mail. The news from Kamloops and now Saskatchewan is raw and painful for Canada's Indigenous people. David Pratt is the Vice Chief of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations, and he joins us now. And David, how have the discoveries impacted Indigenous people across this country? Well, good morning, Ed. First of all, I want to thank you for the invitation to speak on your podcast. Also, I want to acknowledge the Treaty 4 territory that we're on today and the Creator for blessing us with another beautiful day. Um, it's It's been a very, very traumatic experience for, for all of us, including myself. Uh, I think many of our leaders and many of our people are, have felt a, a wide array of emotions from everything from anger to frustration with uh, gov- dealing with government um, to just the hurts and the trauma of either their own experiences or their uh, families' experiences. So I think all of us have been impacted in some way 
from the residential school system. And uh, it's a very tough, painful time for us. The discovery, of course, of Kauzis was horrific. Uh, Camp Loops was horrific enough, 215, and now um, Kauzis 751. And I imagine that number will go significantly higher um, as we search the other sites. There's a number of residential school sites in Saskatchewan. Uh, as well as across the country. And I think that as we're doing the search on, on all of them and, and finding out uh, the true account of how many children we lost in the in that system, I think it's going to be in the thousands. And I think it's going to be very, uh, very, uh, very tough couple years for all of us. And I think we have to really work together uh, collectively to find a good pathway forward for true reconciliation and uh, uh, to, to, to build a healing pathway for all of us. This year, you see July 1st more as a day of mourning, do you not? Well, that's what uh, a lot of our our member nations, we represent, of course, 74 First Nations here in Saskatchewan. There are 75. Um, uh, there's a number of them have made the decision to not uh, partake in the celebrations this year. And we respect that. A lot of them are really uh, in grief uh, and, and hurt and anger. And we respect that. And it's not so much that we're, um, we're, 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 I, I, I want to say that we're doing it not out of, uh, a, a bad feeling. It's, it, it's to show respect to those that have gone on before us and to support, uh, show support for our, our survivors and let them know, Hey, we hear you. Your stories are true. Uh, we believe you, we stand with you. We love you. And, and that's what we're going to do. It's going to be a, a day of reflection for all of us. I myself will not be participating in any celebrations. I'll be with some of our membership in the far north, uh, supporting them for a day and fishing and just hanging out with them as friends and, and showing them the love and the, the care and the attention that they need. You know, Canada is usually seen as a kind and friendly place in, in, in many countries around the world. Is this the reality that they need to see these other countries? Well, I, I think it's good for all of us. Like, I mean, the part of the calls to action, I remember these calls to actions have been sitting there for a number of years, 74 through 76, which called for a complete search of all the grounds. There just was never uh, a firm commitment from Canada to, to from then the then Harper government uh, to move forward on, on those calls to action specifically for the search. So I think it's good for, I think we need to, you know, it's not like uh, we have to have those hard conversations and those hard discussions. You know, and I think Canada needs to accept their responsibility and their role uh, in this horrific trauma. Like we've heard these stories for numbers of years from our elders and from our, our parents and grandparents of some of the stories that happened in the residential school. And, you know, sometimes they seem a little bit far fetched. Well, how can that happen? You know, but now it's coming to the light that, yes, there was a, a lot of uh, uh, of death that was involved in these residential schools and, and malnutrition and all kinds of physical and sexual uh, violence against these young children uh, that unfortunately caused the loss of, of their lives. So I think it's 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 good. It, it, I think it, it pressures Canada to do better. And I think Canadians are, 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 are feeling our sorrow too collectively. I've been talking to a number of my non-Indigenous friends and they're just in shock. They're just like, they can't believe it. It's like, how could this happen? And, and in a country that preaches human rights around the world and is the champion of health care and so many good social contracts initiatives to take care of their people. Uh, how could this happen in our backyard? So I think it's good for Canada and Canadians to realize what happened and for the world to see it, because then we can have it on the record that it, it was genocide. It was not cultural genocide. It was actual genocide committed against the indigenous peoples of this land based upon the policies of assimilation and white supremacy and the doctrine of discovery from the Catholic church. So 
yes, I think it's good. And we'll move forward collectively like we always have. And uh, something good will come out of this. In light of what's been uncovered, what would you like to see from our political leaders? Well, I just think that acknowledgement, you know, we were very pleased with the, the recent Canadian federal budget and the $18 billion commitment from the Trudeau government to um, uh, to invest in First Nations and Indigenous communities. I mean, we're, we've been battling underfunded for years, chronically underfunded in a number of areas, whether it's capital or operations and management, housing, education, the list goes on and on and on. So we were very pleased with that announcement and we believe it's a great start. And I think funding is a part of that answer. I think uh, giving us the resources that we need to be able to create and build our own systems of health and mental health are going to be um, are, are going to, are, are you still there? Did I lose yep. yet, or did you hear me? No, you're there. Okay. Are going to be um, are going to be uh, key if we're going to heal uh, and move forward from the trauma. It can't be Western European based, and I think our non-Indigenous friends and allies have to realize they can't save us. And and a lot of times people come in well intentioned with the savior mentality that has to stop. They need to support our people as we move forward on this um, collectively. Uh, to support our way forward. And I think it involves a number of things from mental health supports to spirituality, to our ceremonies, our culture, our language and rebuilding all those damages and impacts of colonialism. And I think if Canadians can support that and stand with us and recognize it and acknowledge it, uh, our politicians and as well as our citizens, I think we, we're going to be on a good path forward to reconciliation and, 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 and having thriving, happy, uh, prosperous Indigenous communities that existed prior to contact. So I think that's that's our end goal. Let's hope it happens. David, I want to yeah. thank you for joining us. Well, Ed, thank you for having me on the program. Stay safe. Get your vaccines, folks. It's another thing we're pushing to right now is getting those vaccines and trying to get life back to normal. David Pratt's the Vice Chief of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations. The first discovery was in Kamloops, British Columbia, and that province has seen the most cancelled Canada Day event so far. Ellis Ross is the Liberal MLA for Skeena and a former chief with the Heisla Nation, and he joins us now. And Ellis, from your position as a former Indigenous chief, what was your reaction to Kamloops and now Saskatchewan? Well, not not as shocked as uh, the rest of Canada was, uh, because I discovered this and more back in 2004 when I was actually researching everything that had been done to First Nations, including my band, over the last 100, 150 years. And uh, I knew there was more to come. What knowledge of residential schools did you have as a kid, or did you have any at all? None. Both my parents went to residential school. I had uncles and aunties who went to residential school, friends. Uh, but nobody had ever talked about it. Uh, it wasn't until I discovered uh, everything, including the reserve system, including the right to vote, uh, the right to legal representation, uh, reading our archives, I understood what had really happened overall. And talking to my parents about it, they only talked about it in bits and pieces. And when it got too close to the dark side of what they had gone through, they just, they just shut up. They wouldn't talk mm -hmm. anymore. What did Canada Day mean to you growing up as a kid? Canada Day was, was a huge event for us. Uh, my mom, especially, you know, we grew up pretty poor. We lived about eight miles away from uh, the downtown core of Kitimat because uh, we, we still live on reserve where I still live today. But she would ensure that we had our best clothes on, our best shoes. We we're all bathed and clean, ready to go. And she'd make sure the cab was there waiting to take us early so we could stake out a place on the parade route. 
And then she'd give us money, you know, to go buy the food at the cultural food fair that was happening. It was a huge event up until the day she passed away. Canada Day and BC Day was a huge event for her. Why do you feel it shouldn't be canceled this year? Because, because Canadians want to be with Aboriginals. They want to stand side by side with Aboriginals. And I witnessed this on Indigenous Day in Terrace here just a couple of days ago. And, and given the somber event of, of the residential school issue has come up, there was laughter, there was joking, there was hugging, there was crying. And, and the, whole, the whole idea behind reconciliation is to, to bring two societies back together. That's what reconciliation means at the core of it. And so what, what, what better times for national or provincial events or local events to say, yes, let's get together and be together and talk about this. And then, and, you know, celebrate the diversity, but also acknowledge the dark history of Canada's past, not only for Aboriginals, but for Asians and other minorities that also suffered abuses while Canada was being built. And it was in the, in the transformative part of the country that a lot of these events happened, didn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. And, you know, that's one of the biggest reasons why I, as chief counselor, you know, took a step back from my anger and my vindictiveness and said, okay, but I've got to deal with the issues today. It's not right that first nations actually leave the nation in suicide rates or incarceration or poverty. Now, it, I, I could have guaranteed my job as a political leader here for the next 20 years if all I did was pound the table and spout off angry remarks. I, I chose a different route. I said, no, I've, I've got to help Aboriginal people out of the social issues that they're suffering under today. You know, you've got you're in a special position here because not only are you a former Indigenous chief, but you're an elected official now who can make a difference. How do you want to make a difference on this? You know what? This is a great opportunity to actually impart some knowledge in terms of what happened, but also this is a great opportunity to build the future for everybody of today. Everybody, uh, that including First Nations. What we did in Kitimat to resolve poverty, and we did resolve it actually resolves a lot of different issues. But at the same time, you're actually empowering a whole region. And everybody in my region understands how instrumental my First Nation band was in securing the largest private investment in Canadian history, meaning LNG Canada, a $40 billion investment. Wouldn't have happened without my band. Wouldn't have happened. Mm -hmm. But my band did it to be inclusive. You know, think about that for a second. My band did that to be inclusive, not the other way around. We knew our efforts would help build up the region, help build up the province. So we went forward knowing this was going to help everybody. And so if we can take this to, to the higher level, provincial level, national level. I mean, I think we get closer reconciliation than, than what the politicals talk about. Uh, how are you going to mark July 1st this year? Uh, whatever events there are, I'll be there. Uh, I was invited to Indigenous Day, uh, the truck convoy. I showed up and they did talk about residential school issues, but they also talked about healing and being together. So whatever event I'm invited to, I will, I will go. I will, I, I will participate in anything. If there's a parade in uh, Kitimat like they do every year, I'll be there. If it's a virtual parade, I'll be there. Any, any real group that's uh, asked me to attend, uh, no matter what the group is, I've always said yes. As long as we're talking about uh, inclusiveness, 
and no 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 divisive politics, none of that, none of us against them type language. Alice, I want to thank you for joining us. Thank you very much. Ellis Ross is the Liberal MLA for Skeena and a former chief with the Heisla Nation. Our unpublished vote question asks, do you feel that Canada Day celebrations should be cancelled in light of the discoveries in Kamloops and Saskatchewan? Yes, no, or unsure. You can log on and vote right now at unpublished.vote. I want to thank our guest today, Marcus Gee of the Globe and Mail, David Pratt, the Vice Chair of the Federation of Sovereign Indigenous Nations, and Ellis Ross, Liberal MLA for Skeena, former chief with the Heisla Nation. And I want to thank you for watching the Unpublished Cafe. Stay safe. I'm Ed Hand.